She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And, and this, this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. That's actually, I think that's how I started my review. I said, oh God, what a year. <laughs> <laughs> If we're never kind of popping our head above, like, imagine like a herd of sheep, you know, and like popping your head above the sheep and looking <laughs> around and seeing where we're going, you might go off a cliff. Pain actually is your ally. I didn't have that in my, in my, you, you never mentioned that in the review process. <laughs> you look um, like you just didn't do your homework. You I look looked, like you I, just yeah, showed up to class. I'm, You're like, oh my God, I didn't do my homework. I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, the way we choose to narrate our lives has a big impact on our lives. It can like, be empowering or disempowering. Yes. Hey, everyone. No? More excited. Hello, everyone! Oh, God! <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hey, there. In this episode, Julie Roxanne, we're reviewing 2018. But more than just reviewing it, really what this episode, I think, is about is our review process and the value of having an annual review every year. It's a topic that we love to talk about, so join in for the conversation. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hi, Alistair. Hey, Julie Roxanne. What are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking about two things. I thought we'd start with a, a small recap of 2018, mm. and then kind of a conversation about our annual review process. Because I think at this point, I've been doing it for years, and at this point, it's pretty unique. But it's also really valuable. And so I'd like to dive into that a little bit and talk about how we do it and why it serves us. Great. So 2018, yeah. what a year. Jesus Christ. That's actually, I think that's how I started my review. I said, oh God, what a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that traveling has done and living this kind of uncertain life that we live, this unconventional life, is that it makes for really good year-end reviews. <laughs> yeah. We started the year 2018 with absolutely no clue of what we were going to do and where we were going to go. We no, were... we were still just back from Asia, really. We yes. had come back a couple months earlier, but we had been there for a year and things felt... We had only been together for nine months. Yeah. So there was a lot going on. In fact, we're in the same place right now at my grandmother's house in England that we were last year at this time. Yeah, and if you hear the kettle boiling in the other room, it's because we're in England. That's just what happens <laughs> all the time. The kettle is always boiling. <laughs> there is always tea being made. Yeah, so we started the year with no plans. We ended up going to Portugal for a couple of months. And then while we were there, we made the crazy decision to uh, take a flight back to France and buy a car and a caravan and try to settle in France or at least do this wild experiment that has been going on pretty much all year. Yeah, and we talk a lot about that and, and how we got there in episode two and three yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, check that out if you're interested. Uh, so we spent the first part of the year renovating the caravan after Portugal. That got us to about the midpoint, which is when we flew to the U.S. We did a, a pair of road trips, one down south uh, to my hometown of San Diego and visited friends there. Uh, you've never been on the West Coast, so mm -hmm. it was an I still had a car in the U.S., which I've now sold, but it was an opportunity to really show you the oh, West Coast. It was Coast. amazing. I'd say, I, my 15-year-old self is still raving about that trip. The, the best way to do California is on a road trip. <sighs> and amazing. it was an epic one. We, uh, we trekked through Yosemite. We saw bears. Yeah. We had wild encounters with bears, which was really exciting. We had wild encounters with a lot of things in California this summer. Actually, I think we have an episode coming up on a crazy story that happened to us over there later this month. Yeah, Stay yeah. tuned. It's a rough one. Yeah, that one's really exciting. It's, it's called L-Town. <laughs> and so my brother was getting married. I was the best man at his wedding. We had a bachelor party in uh, up the coast. 
And it was a lot of fun. And then we drove up north to visit more family because I have family up in Vancouver, Washington and Portland. So and Shastas, we did that. It was a chance for me to reconnect with a lot of my family and it was a chance for you to get to meet a lot of my family. Yes. As well as to show you some of my favorite places on the West Coast. And there are many and we only got to see a few. But it was wonderful. We came back in August, late August. Yes. We flew back to France and kept working on the caravan renovation. Finished it in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. We did some hard manual labor. We did some, we worked alongside immigrants in the Vendange, uh, France's Great Harvest. I wrote a doozy of a blog post on that experience. So if you're interested, it's called Picking Grapes in France and it's on my blog. Show notes. We ended the year being kicked off the land. That's episode one of the podcast. Uh, and having to find a a uh, basically a new landlord, yeah, uh, which is not very easy when you're living in a renovated caravan that you can't even move on your own. But we managed to do that, which was a small miracle. And we're actually first month of this year we're moving the caravan onto their land. So yeah, that, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that will be um, that will be a new chapter in the journey. Yeah, and I mean we ended the year on a pretty cool note. We. We're spending Christmas with our families in England, and we got engaged. Yes, I asked you to marry me, and you said yes. Oh, I like when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we also did some projects this year, uh, the caravan being one of the biggest ones. The actual renovation was a huge success. Uh, we love living in it. It's beautiful. It's designed for us. It's great. There's a few other projects we did, and this has been a theme, I think, particularly for both of us, I feel it very strongly, is that this year has been kind of a return to working, not so much for other people, but on my own projects. There's a renewed enthusiasm I'm having, and uh, I'm interested to see where that goes in this next year. But we shipped a couple other projects. I did a eco project. I created uh, some 100% recycled greeting cards using my travel photography. Mm. So I shipped that project back in August, and we also launched this podcast, Yes, which yes. has been huge. We went through Seth Godin's The Podcast Fellowship, and now we're on episode, God, I don't even know, I think this is going to be eight by the time it publishes, and it's, it's extraordinary how fast that happened. Yeah. I, I think we got an email from Seth, uh, not, not directly from Seth, I'm, I'm not on a first name basis with Seth. <laughs> Uh, but we got an email from Seth's blog about the program. It had six hours or 12 hours till it's going to close. And so we did like a, oh God, oh God, oh God, should we do it moment? And uh, we decided to do it. It's been super valuable. Yeah, it it was a forum basically. And there were episodes every day, like podcast, like small lectures basically with Seth and Alex De Palma. Uh, She's Seth's producer. Mm -hmm. And we went through that with probably 300 other individuals that are very committed. And it was really powerful. And we got a podcast out way faster than we would have otherwise. For sure. It was really worth it. One other thing that we did last year, which is pretty amazing, is we partnered with a couple of our friends, Lou and Kelly, and we're throwing a retreat Mm -hmm. in July. We're going to take a group basically on the same route we trekked last summer through Yosemite. And the idea is we're going to introduce this group to 10 days of plant-based food. We're going to take them for five straight days in the wilderness of Yosemite. So like probably the longest period of time that most people going on this retreat have ever been in the wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a place to do it, Yosemite. And we're also going to introduce mindfulness practices, discussions, and kind of exercises that probably go under the genre of personal growth. But... <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun. We've already filled, I can't believe we have already filled up over... The majority of the seats. Yeah. For There's still a few left, and we'll link to the retreat in the show notes if you're interested, or if you know anyone that's interested, please yeah. share it. But I can't believe that. We went from zero to throwing a retreat in, in less than a year. Yeah, and it's impressive. It's, yeah, it is amazing. Another project that I've personally been working on and that's kind of less tangible is I've been working around healing a lot of uh, gut issues that I've had, and... It's been uh, incredible. I feel like the year has been filled with a lot of personal growth and um, just overall more love and inclusiveness for myself. So it's 
Yeah, you've been working with a range of uh, health practitioners on this over the year, and you've made a lot of progress. Yeah, I have. I feel like I'm getting uh, stronger and more grounded by the day, and it's 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 incredible. And it's a journey I'm empathetic to because I've also gone through this journey. It's reevaluating what we eat. It's thinking about how we treat ourselves and take care of ourselves. It's a very holistic process. I know how long and expensive it can be, but I've also I'm on the other side of at least part one of it uh, enough to know how rewarding it is and just how powerful it can be when you start to regain uh, elements of your health and when you're able to tap into more of your energies, whether it be physical, psychic, spiritual, mental, all this stuff. Yeah, Um, it's felt like a big journey of getting to know myself more and it's really rewarding. Yeah, and where you are now from where you were at the beginning of the year, I mean, there's a noticeable difference. and yeah. and I think it shows in, in a lot of the projects we've been able to do this year. And it's amazing. I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll give you a pat on the back too. Thank ah. you. Everyone should do that. Give yourself a pat on the back for just going through the day. It's huge. So I've been reading, uh, well, I've been listening to Seth Godin's new book, This Is Marketing. I like to get a dose of Seth Godin whenever I can. He's really inspirational and motivational, and uh, I just find he often gets me kind of excited. I've been reading Seth probably the longest that I've read any author. I started reading him when I first started working on a startup in 2009. Wow. And I was reading his blog every day, and to some extent, I, I still do that. So his books are kind of like... You know, a lot of times there's nothing new, but it's it's always good to kind of... It's not true. There are new things, but it's kind of like an old friend at this point that I mm-hmm. get to dip into every so often, and I enjoy it. He has a quote that I've been thinking a lot about at the beginning of this year. If you want to make change, begin by making culture. Begin by organizing a tightly knit group. Begin by getting people in sync. Culture beats strategy. So much that culture is strategy. And... I think this sums up a lot of, you know, what we're trying to do and a, a little bit of what we did do last year. With the retreat, we have a, a small group of people that are, are going to fly from all over the U.S. to come spend 10 days with us. And with the podcast, I think it's also about kind of finding our people. I think a lot of last year, even even renovating the caravan and stuff, was, was trying to put down some roots again and, and kind of raise our hand and say, hey... Here we are and uh, and find our tribe. Yeah, definitely. Been very valuable. And I, I'm actually super excited to keep going. So, yeah, overall, uh, these are the key points of the year. We won't dive too deep into each of those because there's a lot to be said. The main thing we wanted to focus on for this episode, which we thought would be interesting to talk about, is the way we approach doing our yearly reviews and how we think about it and uh, the benefits that we can already see from doing it. Yeah, you started doing this last year, I think, at least in the the way I've been doing it. And and maybe before we go too much further, we should just outline what that way looks like. Yes. So the general idea is to create a space, whether it be, you know, I I really, if I have the time uh, and I have for the last couple of years, I like I do it over the course of a week. It's not what I do the entire week, but I find that this process takes time. It can't be forced. It's not something I can just write a list down or whatnot. It really takes some grappling, and it's it's not always easy. In fact, it's that's been a bit of a challenge for me this year is, is how difficult it's been. Yeah, mm. I mean, we're recording this. I'm not even completely finished my review this year. We, I've been kind of working through it over the last week, and I've not been a super pleasant person to be around. <laughs> not even for myself. It's been a bit hard. Yeah. Even though the last year actually has been really great, what a review allows us to do is look and it gives us a space to look at and confront difficult truths and think a little dangerously to explore different ideas ones that may not work to try to kind of imagine how we want our lives to be walt disney is quoted as having said if you can dream it you can do it now i think that's a bit fluffy but the essence of it is true in my experience which is that most of the things that i've been able to do i had to imagine them first they only became possible after i was able to imagine that they were possible and consider them as choices. And that's the the tricky thing is realizing the choices we have and realizing 
that continuing to go in a certain direction is a choice, even if we think we don't have other choices. There are other choices. Mm. We may not have found them, but there always are other choices. And so continuing as if we don't have choices is a choice. Yes. So returning from that little divergent rant there, the review process basically looks like this in a nutshell. It's a little different every day. And I think at some point I would really like to drill down in detail this process because I think a lot of other people would benefit from it. But it begins with stopping. This is the first part. It begins with scheduling time first, making time for this. And then I think the next step really is starting to stop. And this is harder than it sounds. And it takes a little bit of time. Mm. It goes back to our conversation we had about psychedelic retreats. Yes. There's kind of like three phases whenever whenever we do these kind of things, which is there's the kind of the leaving, being away, and coming back. Mm-hmm. And that's as true for psychedelic retreat as it is for an annual review process. It's a different level of consciousness. We're going to look at things from a bigger picture. And you can't just snap into that it takes some time and it's often uncomfortable i usually have some anxiety about stopping the things i'm doing and shifting to looking at okay well is this taking me where i want to go because it's easy to get caught up in the distraction and the busyness of things Mm. it's easy to kind of put my head in the sand as far as are these results actually taking me where i want to go and get too caught up in the fact that i'm busy and that i'm working on something I like I can't remember which author said this, but I like the word everydayness. It's like getting stuck in the everydayness of things and not trying to not taking enough distance to realize that there is more to there is more than your everydayness in in life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's totally valuable to be in the everydayness a lot of the time, right? But if we're never kind of popping our head above like imagine like a herd of sheep, you know, and like popping your head above the sheep and looking <laughs> around and seeing where we're going, you might go off a cliff. You know? Yeah. So it's worth stopping once in a while to take a look. Yeah. It is hard though. I mean I, I realize the the last two years that I've done this and you're the one who introduced this concept into my life. And as many other things that you you introduced in my life, I used to think, my God, he's such a nerd. <laughs> he's such, he's so disciplined. Oh, my God, the Zen teacher. I mean, I, I, in the beginning, it was definitely a lot of that. I see a lot of value into what you've brought into my life now. Um, and I'm actually, yeah, I'm becoming more like that. But at the beginning, it was it was weird. And... I remember last year's review, I really didn't want to do it. Like, I didn't want to sit down and do it. And you were like, oh, no, but I'm still, I'm going to do it anyways. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. What the hell? And this year, same deal, you know, not I don't feel the desire to just sit down and review the year because it feels like such a massive undertaking. And I will say that this is weird for me because if there's one thing that I love to do is stop and and reflect. I, I love to do that and I do it more often than probably I should. But it's, it's a great way to escape actually doing things. But it's also just... I really don't want to. And this year, didn't want to either. And I noticed this year that what was interesting is when I reviewed 2017, 2017 had been a really hard year. So there was a lot of value in reviewing that and in like honoring the the difficulties of that year. But this, this year, as soon as I started thinking about 2018, I think I've been, I'm really proud of the way I've behaved, of the things I've done, of the way I've handled life over the last year and so it felt like ah do I really want to review if I feel good about it or like and then I thought yeah you do because it's as important to look at something that didn't go so well to draw the lessons from it but it's also very important to look at something you're proud of and actually take time to celebrate what you've done yeah I actually think that's probably the most important part of it I agree but we'll come back to that because I think it's actually a later stage of it all right But you're right to say, and this is true for me too, there's a lot of resistance with a capital R. And that's okay. This doesn't have to be easy. It's it's really, it's work. And I've seen enough value from it over the course of a year to force myself to do it every year. But it's, it's, not, it's not the most pleasant thing to do at times. Mm. 
it's definitely just the stopping point because once you're in there it's good but it's the hitting the brakes that's not pleasant because once you're in there you're in there you know whether you want it or not you've made the commitment you have to wait until you've grappled with everything until you can come out of it and maybe you know that's another good thing to point out is that sometimes this can be unpredictable you go in thinking it's going to be one way and this happened to me this year it's been a great year i thought it was going to be an easier review and i went into it and uh I kind of had a wave of despair yeah. come over me and it's been a bit of a depression for the last week. And I think there's a lot to do. There's a couple things I think at play here, which is one, we had been kind of nonstop going on a lot of projects for the last quarter of the year and it culminated in a grand firework finale of all our family in one place and asking you to marry me announcing and celebrating our engagement as well as Christmas. Mm -hmm. It was an extravaganza. And then within days, everyone left. Yeah. And it was just us. And there was this massive vacuum and we were exhausted. And so there's that part of it, which is that sometimes we just were running for so long that when you actually do stop, there's an emptiness that's going to come with that. Mm -hmm. Every time I went trekking, there's the after trekking blues. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone who's worked on large projects that are very where that focus you and require a lot of you when you get to the end of them there's an emptiness and we, that can be hard we've taken to calling those postpartum depressions yeah postpartum depressions it's it's the depression after creating something after giving birth to something yeah they're tough i go through a mini postpartum depression every time i post a blog post yeah <laughs> and so when we're talking about stopping we're we're talking about creating a space whether it be a couple days or whether it be a few hours even, mm -hmm. although I would recommend longer, a couple of days or a week or even longer. And I think about what happens in this period as kind of, there's two things at play. There's our conscious effort, and then there's kind of the unconscious processing that happens. When I'm talking about the unconscious, I'm talking about the levels of awareness that we're just not conscious of. There's a lot of levels of awareness in our body. Our body is pumping blood all the time. We're breathing whether we're thinking about it or not. We're blinking when, when, when we need to. A lot of things are operating that are conscious to some degree, but not at the level of our awareness. And in my experience, this is also true for psychic functions. This is the experience of working on a hard problem, not being able to figure it out, going to bed, having the idea in the shower. That that's what I'm talking about when mm. I'm talking about this unconscious process. The idea basically is that we need time because there's two parts of this. There's the conscious effort, willpower. And we're going to talk about some of the exercises in a minute. But these take effort and I can only do them for so long. You know, like yeah. after a while, my brain's fried. I got to stop, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where the unconscious comes in. When we transition into other things and it can be play the idea is that we get out of our daily responsibilities to a degree where we can be vulnerable, where where we can kind of grapple with things and not know the answers and not not be responsible for knowing. Mm -hmm. So we move into other activities that allow the unconscious to keep working. For me, I like to read. I like to go on walks and sometimes ju just be outside a lot of the time. Yeah. For me, it's uh, this year particularly, I've realized what works and what doesn't because I remember seeing you reading and I can't read or at least I can't read anything that really requires me to think clearly and to be absorbing new information if I'm already processing something. It's like it would be like eating something when I'm already digesting my meal, you know, like it's too much. So what what tends to work a lot for me is putting something in the background like a TV show or a movie that I've seen a thousand times that is very comforting it's a way that I can care for my for myself it brings me comfort and I, I can tell that it helps my processing in the background because I don't have to focus on it because I'm focused on something else. Um, going on walks is huge for me too. When I actually need to stop absorbing any sort of content, I just go out. I don't listen to music or podcasts or anything. I just stay with the quiet and I walk because I notice, I think we've said this before, but I notice that like moving through a landscape helps my brain function better and if if I take a 15 minute walk I come back refreshed and I think it surely is different for everyone and it's really about knowing what is self-care what cares for yourself yeah so I think there's doing whatever it is for you that allows you to turn off 
so so mm. that you have these conscious efforts and then you have time for things to work in the background for you to rest and whatnot to return to it these are both parts of of working on these like bigger problems and it's i think it's parts of creativity it's parts of coming to different perspectives and thinking about things differently this isn't easy to look at the same things in a different light and it takes a lot of effort i definitely think i hear you on the books i think that i have to be careful about taking in too much exterior content whether it be in the form of podcast books or whatnot i tend to read things that are reflective at this time and it's really a writing prompt for my own thoughts Mm -hmm. because that's what this is this is an inner journey this is we're looking for wisdom or perspective that's coming from the inside Mm -hmm. out Uh, so it's best to really kind of plumb our own depths on this and not take on too much from the outside as we do this and you mentioned taking care of yourself that's an important part of it and it's something i think i've gotten pretty good at over the last couple years is knowing the things i need to do to be healthy regardless of what mood i am in regardless of if i'm dealing with anxiety and stress and whatnot so for me that's eating healthy a plant-based diet it's getting plenty of exercise walking taking hot baths can be helpful a lot of rest a lot of sleep not drinking very much caffeine i stay away from coffee for the most part during these times because i i find it's a mood enhancer and i really don't want I want to be with whatever's there. I'm not trying to alter the moods that are there. That's a big part of this is just looking at what's there already. So the same for alcohol. I try to avoid alcohol or anything that would really kind of affect my state. It's a time to kind of be still and just let things settle and go through some discomfort, anxiety, let things kind of battle in my mind and about what's going on. And uh, it's an uncomfortable process to be with. And it definitely takes discipline to stay there. It's very tempting to want to distract myself or alter my mood or just not think about it or deal with it. It's human tendency to default to that. So it takes a lot of effort to just look at it and be with it. But I think this is where a lot of, there's a lot of value in it. It's very similar to the way I, I approach my financial review process, which I do quarterly now, but I, I began doing monthly, which is pain actually is your ally. And I think this is a bit of a contrarian idea. It's not totally intuitive we tend to want to avoid pain at all costs but pain can be very instructive on showing us where we're faulting where we might need to look where we need, when when you touch a hot stove it's good you feel pain because that tells you to pull your finger off the stove mm-hmm. right it's not we don't like the pain but we like the fact that the pain told us that we're hurting ourselves same kind of idea here with reviews is that some pain can be healthy It can help us realize where maybe we're going astray or where we need to give some more consideration. So avoiding pain is not the name of the game. In fact, being with it is an important part. And I find that pain tends to be the biggest motivator. If I allow myself to look at what's painful in my life, those things tend to change as if by magic. It's not magic, but that tends to really shift my behavior around things when I really recognize that it's painful. So the next step for me is I start by rereading previous year's reviews, which is extremely helpful in giving me perspective on where I used to be and how things have changed. And that kind of sets the tone and helps me think about where I'm at now and the year coming up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is only my second year doing this. The first year, what I did was free writing. I just sat down, opened my computer, or I could have used pen and paper, but I did on the computer, and I just wrote freely everything that I thought about the year. I ended up, for 2017, doing something like month by month, because I think I really wanted to remember that year, because it, it had been so, so intense and rich. For this year, I actually, my free writing ended up being not that long. And then once I had done that, once I had like put that on paper, I reread some of my, the things I wrote last year. And I reread my intentions for 2018 to see like how I did, was I in line? And also, funny enough, I had wrote an intuition last year under my intentions. I wrote like, my intuition as to what the year would hold and I've been really spot on so it's been really fun to see that 
Yeah, so this is actually what I do after I review the last couple of years is then I will do free writing. And it changes a little bit every year. A lot of times I'll just write about highlights first and maybe I'll talk about challenges or fears. I really just try to write whatever comes to mind. It doesn't always even have to be comprehensive of the year. It doesn't have to record, I did this, I did that. It's really whatever I want to write about at the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's a prompt for thinking about things. And it's it's really to get the juices going mm. and, and to, to start thinking about it. So there's not really a wrong way to do it. And if you're new to it, I would recommend just writing whatever comes up. Like making it, having no filter yeah. and d- just free writing. It doesn't even matter if uh, if it makes sense. Or if you repeat yourself or anything, you, you, you don't need to edit it at all. Just write. And for me, I usually end up doing this for somewhere between like two and five hours total. In each one year. go? This year, it was mainly in one go. Wow. Yeah. And I think it, this year it was about four hours. Wow. All right. So another exercise I do is imagining my perfect day or my dream day. And I got this actually from my friend, Zach, who he took me through it the first time. And the basic idea is you try to imagine in detail every part of your perfect day. What does it look like? What are you doing? Like, where are you waking up? Who are you waking up next to? What does the room look like? What part of the world are you in? All these things. You try to imagine it in as much detail as possible. It's actually a more difficult exercise than you might imagine, and it definitely takes some effort. I've been blown away over the years sometimes when I go back and look at these dream days and notice entire segments that have actually come to be. Mm. And I don't look at this. I may look at this dream day a couple times throughout the year, maybe once. I try to review my annual review once a quarter or a few times a year, but I pretty much do it and then leave it. Yeah. And for example, this year I came back to it and I read it and realized I had described the interior of our caravan. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Like I had even described how many pillows we would have. <laughs> And yeah, and we ended up having a bunch of pillows and hardwood floor and all these things. And I was just like, oh, my God, I hadn't looked at it since. Mm. And I think it's a really powerful exercise. I've done this in previous years and similar things. Sometimes it's been around the structure of my day and just realizing that I had imagined how I was going to spend my time. And then one day I'll actually spend my time exactly like that and be like, oh, my God, Mm. I just lived my perfect day. Yeah. And then it's time to come up with a new perfect day. Hmm. Is that how you do it then? Or do you do do you write a new one every year? I, I try to write a new one every year to some extent. Yeah, ah. I it's a bit of both. There's elements of my day that tend to stay the same. But yeah, I try to write a new perfect day every year because it changes. Mm. And I think it's important to say that this is just an exercise. Don't get too caught up in your perfect day or how good it is or whatnot. It's an exercise in imagination, in visualization. Mm. And as you do it, you know, and I think you can definitely do your perfect day, you know, once a week, once a month. You can do it in any interval. I just typically do it once a year, maybe a couple times a year. But as you do this more and more, parts of it will come into focus and then parts of it will change. Yeah. So, so far we have rereading previous year's reviews. This gives us some perspective and it's kind of a starting point for me. Mm-hmm. We also have free writing. And this is a big part of the review process. And it's what gets us consciously and unconsciously Mm -hmm. working on on the year and thinking about it. It engages our mind. And I think an important part to say here about the unconscious is that in my experience, if I'm not consciously engaged in a problem, the unconscious doesn't just magically work on it. I have to actually be banging my head against the wall and trying to work on it and then my mind works on it. Mm-hmm. And this is what I think is, you know, so powerful about review processes is if we're just willing to look at how things are, so much happens almost of its own accord after that. It's just the willingness to make time and effort to look. So there's this process. And then we've talked about the dream day, which is basically, it's a vision exercise. Mm-hmm. It's an exercise in imagination. And I think before we go any further, it's important to say that we're not doing these back to back. These are all kind of, for me at least, they're independent exercises. And I'm sprinkling them in with a lot of walking, resting, and basic self-care. And this is also part of it because that's where a lot of the unconscious processes happen. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely different year to year. Like last year, my review took me much longer than this year. This year, I didn't feel the need to spend too much time on it. I think maybe I'll, I've spent like eight hours over the course of two days really focused on it. I'd like to dip into it again and maybe write another dream day. But I also didn't really feel the need to write a new one. Yeah, I, I like thinking of these as elements mm -hmm. that you can use as needed. You don't have to do all of them. You can just do some of them. It's up to you. But these are kind of the elements that make can make up your review process. Mm -hmm. There's a few other ones, and these usually come a little bit after. They're kind of starting to take away some of the lessons or insights I've had from the review process. So there's goals and intentions. And the way I see the difference between the two is that intentions are how I want to be in the world. Goals are what I want to do or mm. accomplish. Intentions can be very broad and open-ended, whereas goals are often very narrow and focused. And depending where I am in life, it might make a lot of sense to have goals or it might not make a ton of sense. If I really don't know what I'm doing next year, I tend to find goals not particularly useful and sometimes misleading because I may stay attached to a goal that really needs to change with new information. Mm. So I, I do think they're both valuable, but it depends. Mm -hmm. Over the last two years, I've, I haven't, goals have not resonated with me at all. I've only set up intentions. Maybe in the future that will change, but goals feel constricting to me. It feels like I have to achieve them and I have a tendency to really like push even when it's not useful or even when it's not in my best interest. So I prefer to stay away from them at the moment. I think if you do choose to set goals, it's very important to make sure that they're internal goals versus external goals. What I mean by that, if I use my blog and my writing as an example is, if I set a goal to have 10,000 visitors next year, That's an external goal. I don't have a lot of control over that. I can't really make people come and read my blog. Instead, if I were to set the goal that I'm going to spend 500 hours writing this year, that's totally within my control. That's much more empowering. So I always be careful that I'm setting goals that are truly within my control. Otherwise, it can become very discouraging. Yeah, I think something else I will add on the whole intention and goals difference is for me, an intention is something that I'm not attached to. It's like it's something that I say I, I would like to see happen and I'm going to do my best to. But if the circumstances change, if my desires change, then it's okay. An intention is not something that I have to follow. Whereas a goal for me feels much more like you have to follow it no matter what. And that doesn't feel very right with me. I agree with you that I tend to feel that goals are a higher level of commitment and they are a little bit more constricting. I think that's also the value of goals is their kind of laser focus. But I do have to be careful in setting goals that I set the right ones because it does tend to constrict my attention mm. quite a bit more than an intention. Mm. Yeah, and something I've really enjoyed doing was thinking about intentions in terms of energy and attention. Like, what elements of my life do I want to focus my energy and attention to? And last year's intention are very different than the ones I'm setting for 2019. Because it, it just feels like there's been a natural shift in what I want to direct my energy and attention towards. And I feel like this has been a way to think about it that has been much more helpful for me. Maybe just to sum up in general, this idea about intentions and goals is I think about, you know, there's different stages in life, right? There's some stages where we know what we want and we're very focused and it's just kind of putting our head down and getting to that spot. That's a good place for goals. But there's other parts of our life where things are a lot more uncertain. There's a lot less structure. It's a bit more chaotic. And goals can often end up kind of sending us off in the wrong directions. Mm -hmm. Really, we need to kind of open our focus more and have less of a narrow focus and respond to whatever comes in. Mm -hmm. It's a more flexible way of being, whereas goals tend to be a little bit more committed. And, and that's what a goal is. So they both have their place mm -hmm. at different stages and depending uh, where you're at. I, I have found for me that in recent years, I really try to limit my goals to only a few and the goals I do make are always internal goals versus mm. external. One other thing I like to do usually and you 
I think talked about this a little bit is I like to kind of I, every year I set an intention for the coming year. So kind of one blanket intention in general, what I want to be focusing on. So for example, in 2017, I believe my intention was to be open to the natural unfolding of my life. Mm-hmm. And that, when I looked back on it, really characterized the way I showed up that year. So I like to usually have one overarching intention for each year. Something else that I've played around with this year for the coming year is I wrote an, a little message to myself to read in times of maybe doubt or when I just need a reminder. And I actually, it's on my review document, but I also programmed it to be sent to me mid-February, I think, via email, just as a, you know, I thought it would be kind of fun to receive an email from myself with just a little reminder. It's really cool to have that, to know that it's coming and also to know that I'm going to forget that it's coming. Yeah, I think one of the powerful things about when we do these reviews is is we kind of come up to like a 10,000 foot level. We come out of the trenches and we're looking at the whole maze. And it's easier to see truths and lessons at that higher level that on the day to day can be much harder to operate by and remember. They're easy to forget. So I also like to do this. I have kind of two ways of doing it is I'll write myself reminders to review through the year. So just reminders of how I want to be, how I want to show up, what's important, don't worry, these kind of things, whatever might be important to me at the time and that I know that I tend to struggle with. But I also like to write permissions. I found this to be really valuable. And basically the thinking behind it is that a lot of times when I'm looking at my year as a whole and I'm looking from this 10,000 foot level, it's the best time to make some critical decisions. And a lot of times it's not worth going back and questioning myself on something every week and just going back and forth. Should I? It takes a lot of energy. You lose a lot of focus. And so I like to give myself permissions for a part of the year, the whole year, whatever, so that I don't have to like constantly be going back to the question, should I do this? Is it okay to do this? Mm. I look at it when I'm looking at the big picture. I make a decision then and then I write down as a permission. So an example of a permission was for the last two years, I've given myself permission because part of what I do in the review that we haven't talked about is I also look at my financial situation as a whole. I do this actually more often than on a yearly basis. I do it on a monthly or quarterly basis and we'll go into that on another episode. But I look at my entire financial situation as a whole. And the last two years, I've said, because when you're not making a lot of money and you're traveling and you're burning money, it's common to worry about money, especially for me. It's just how I roll. I'm a finance major. I think about money all the time. And a lot of the times it's not helpful and it just burns energy and creates worry and anxiety. So for the last two years, I said, hey, if you choose to travel for the whole year, you can. You have the permission to do that. I have looked at your financial situation. Mm. I have thought about the bigger picture from a place of non-emotional turmoil yeah from a place that's more detached that's a little bit sober and and looking at the bigger picture yeah mm. and this actually does a lot to soothe my anxiety during the year and i can re- revisit that and remember that hey when you were thinking about this whole thing you thought it was okay for you to do this or that so just let it go a little bit Mm. and you have to be careful about these permissions and make sure that like they're actually appropriate for the length of time you give and and whatnot but if done well they've done a lot to soothe my anxiety about things and help me not worry about things that i've already decided i shouldn't worry about right now oh that's cool and I have trust and faith in them because I know that I considered them seriously and sincerely at some point in the year. So we've talked about this earlier, and it's something I like to do at the beginning and also near the end of my review process is really a gratitude exercise in celebrating what I have and everything that's here already. I think it's so easy when we're doing these kind of review processes to focus on what we don't have what we want, what What we did wrong, what we did wrong, what's not here. And I think it's really, really important to celebrate all the things that are here and redirect our attention toward everything we do have. So I spent some time this year, for example, thinking about my health and the fact that all my family are healthy and I got to see most of them this year, the, the state of our relationship and how it's grown over the year 
the abundance of food, the beautiful caravan that we get to live in, the privilege it is that we travel the way we do and have the opportunity to work on projects that we care about. All these kind of things, I spend some time to really appreciate them and realize that in the grander scheme of things, I have so much already and I have enough. There's enough. There's two other questions that I spent some time with. One of them is I ask, what would I like to do less of this year? I think a lot of times when we do annual reviews and stuff, we're thinking about what we want to do more of, what we want to add. And I think it's as important to think about what can I do less of? And actually, this is one of the places I was most proud of this year was when I looked back on my list of things I would like to do less of, I did less of everything on that list. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was probably one of the things I was most proud of this year. It's really cool. One other question I ask is, what will I regret not doing more of in 10 years? The idea behind this question is to lengthen the perspective, to go beyond just next year, which in the scope of our life is still fairly short term, and look at a bigger picture. <laughs> So there's a few ways that I think about this review process and really why it's so important to me. And one of them is the power of compounding decisions. So maybe you've heard of the power of compounding interest, which is when you invest money and you earn interest on it. And then later on, you earn interest on the interest. So it grows much faster. You get a lot of momentum. And over a lifetime, this can be really powerful. Same goes for compounding decisions. Over the course of a year, we make millions and millions of decisions. I have no idea how many decisions, but it's a ton of decisions. And if we spend a little bit of time to consider how we're approaching things, even a very tiny shift in our direction over the course of a year can result in us being in a very different place by the end of it. Another reason it's important to me is that I get a lot of juice from my annual review. It's hard to do and it takes a lot of energy. But this is really where I look back at the chaos that was last year and pick out what was meaningful to me about it and start to thread a story, a narrative about where I'm going, what that meant to me, what I'm doing. Yeah. And what's been interesting for me this year is if I look back on the year, when I look back on the year, the things that stick out, the thing that I remember and that I'm bringing with me into the next year are definitely not the things I thought I would. Like, there's been moments in the year that were intense and that I thought would, like, define the year. And it turns out that when I look back on it, they don't. It's very different than I anticipated. Yeah, that's been really surprising. I notice usually when I look at the year that patterns emerge. And like you said, a lot of times they surprise me even what they are. And connecting these dots helps me create a story. And regardless if the story's true or not, it doesn't really matter. We are story driven. Uh, humans need to have meaning for the things they do. And we all create stories about why we do what we do. And this is about that creative act. It's about intentionally crafting the story we want to live by. And I've found that when I do that well, it's energizing. It motivates me. It's, the, it's a driver behind my actions. And it not only helps orient me, but it actually helps power me. It yeah. gives me energy. Yeah, the way we choose to narrate our lives has a big impact on our lives. It can and... be empowering or disempowering. Yes. And so I think it makes a lot of sense to take time to consciously choose how we're going to tell that story to ourselves and then to the world. We both also like thinking about why we do this through the seasons metaphor, thinking about our life in seasons. And that's one of the reasons why... I like to do an annual review because this is something we could do any time of the year. It doesn't have to be around New Year's, but I like doing it then because it's the winter solstice, because it is the middle of winter. And when you look outside, if you're in somewhere that enjoys the seasons, I used to be in San Diego, so I had no idea what a season was. But now <laughs> living in France, we've been able to enjoy the seasons and you see the trees, they're losing their leaves and everything's dying. And this is the regenerative process that brings spring. And psychically, I think it's as important to let things die, to let them go. And the review process kind of helps me do that. Yeah, winter is definitely the season to reflect. Nature is screaming that at us. By being a place you don't want to explore because it's so cold and it gets dark early. And so it's more inside, indoors, 
inward than outside. This review process gets even more powerful if you have a spouse or a significant other that you're doing it with. Yeah. If you're sharing your life with somebody else, this can be a great way to not only get on the same page, but discuss where things are changing because things are always changing. And if we don't take some time as a couple to look at how things have changed, we could be going, you know, different directions. And it's been a bit of a, it's been challenging. We've gone on a lot of walks over the last week or two. And by going through a review process at the same time, it's stimulated a lot of important conversations that are going to have a dramatic impact on how next year plays out for us. We've had conversations where we've questioned a lot of our direction and what we're doing, and it's helped us imagine new pathways and new solutions and help us recognize what maybe the problems are. But it's kept us both kind of in the loop with each other and helped us kind of navigate change Mm -hmm. as a team. There's usually a fear I have whenever I stop to do a reflection, uh, whether it be a retreat or a review. A lot of times I'm terrified that I won't start again, that the ideas will stop coming, that, you know, I won't have the inspiration again, that if I just stop for a second, the spirit will leave and I'll just stop. Mm. And it's only really taken me repetition to realize that that's actually not the case. And in fact, if I don't stop, it's more likely that that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually, this is a rejuvenating process. It's not something I can skip. It's actually a time saver in the long run. And I've seen from doing it many times that I always do start again. And when I do start, I start with new inspiration, new motivation, and renewed creativity. My work benefits, my life benefits from having done it. This is where I think the power of habit comes in because we stop, our lives kind of take a different form for a short period of time. And it's really my habits that bring me back into the world. There are certain things I know that will help me get back. For example, eating well, exercising, reading, writing. And so as I start to transition back into the everydayness of life, it's helpful to realize that it usually takes a little while to start the engine again. It's kind of like a train and it takes some time to get the train at full speed. There's some momentum to it. But if I have faith in the process, if I just go through the motions, even if I'm not feeling it totally, I'll arrive in a couple of days and I'll get back on the train. But it does take a little bit of time, not only to stop, but to start again. And so when I do a process like this, I try to include a couple of buffer days on both sides, a couple of days where it's okay to do some things, but not as much as I would do. And this gives a bit of padding. And I, I find that that helps me have a rewarding experience and gives me less anxiety about stopping and starting again. I think this is a good place to stop. Let's stop. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you have a great 2019 year full of intentionality and direction. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We both hope that you have a very happy, productive, creative, fulfilling 2019. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes. It really helps us grow and share it with other people who might enjoy it. Yeah, we've heard from a few people who have sent it to their friends. That's really cool to hear. So if you've done that, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. We'd also like to hear your thoughts. So reach out to us. You can comment on this episode at thefaroutpodcast.com and you can email us directly at host at thefaroutpodcast.com. That would be awesome. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Is that everything? I think we mentioned everything. Yep. Well, until next time. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.